My father grew our tomatoes in the backyard and my mother cooked them. Together they believed this was the healthiest fuel for their large family. I'm Gillian Abbott with a year of mindful eating, stories from the food I eat. I love the smell of ripe tomatoes, a combination of stem, crown and flesh. The tomatoes my friend Annie bought at Sainsbury's when I was staying in the UK last summer had it. It had been years since I'd encountered that enticing aroma. It took me back to my childhood garden. My father had a calendar in his head. He knew what date to plant his seeds, when to expect the first shoots to break through the potting mix, and the guaranteed date of the last frost. By then the plants resembled miniature forest, with fledgling stems boasting at least two leaves on each side. Every morning we'd inspect their progress. Along the way he taught me so much about gardening, how to pinch off the sprouts that emerged from where the stem and leaves meet so that the plants would grow tall and strong. He taught me how to read and follow the Bible, the Yates Garden Guide. We chose all our seeds from it, determined which climate zone we lived in and how to make southeastern Australia's heavy clay soil fertile. Each phase of their growth spurred anticipation. The first sprouts in his garage seed beds, planting out day, the morning the first flower bloomed, the appearance of tiny green globes and the excruciating wait until they swelled and turned rich dark red. Eventually that glorious day would come and Dad and I would pick and slice the first tomato of the season. What an explosion of flavour. I took mine neat. Dad would alternate a slice of onion, tomato and cucumber, all homegrown. Then he'd sprinkle salt until his plate resembled a field after a snowfall. Tomatoes came in in stages. At first there'd be one or two fruits a day. Within weeks an avalanche of rich ripe tomatoes would tumble into our kitchen. Then Dad would have to step aside so that Mum could make ketchup what we Aussies call tomato sauce, and can our bounty for winter. The 1960s were an era of unbridled optimism. We were all hurtling through space on planet Earth, heading towards a better future. In it, science, not nature, would provide for all our needs. Just like our heroes on Star Trek, we believed it was only a matter of time before we'd grow all our food in bacteria-free clean rooms. Coaxing any growth from the dry, hard soil in Bendigo, my hometown, was an epic victory. Scientific advance formed the front line. My father used pesticides to kill bugs and fungus and chemical fertilizers to encourage growth. He was a good man, a faithful husband and a loving father. I'm not inclined to think harshly of him. Back then, everyone accepted all scientific innovations, never fully connecting them to corporate profit. The 1979 edition of the Yates Gardening Guide is a perfect snapshot of an era when uniformity and yield trump taste. The hybrid Apollo, known to be hardy and hard to kill, goes up against the heirloom Rouge de Marmonde. The guide touts Apollo as just as early, but a more prolific cropper. There's no mention that the delicate Rouge de Marmonde is deliciously aromatic and tastier. 
nor does it mention that Apollo seeds can't be gathered and used for future crops. At that time, everyone assumed that the journey towards infertile laboratory-made hybrid seeds was one way and unstoppable. I can remember when the grocery section had only one or two varieties of tomatoes, but many of us yearned for taste, smell and variety. Slowly the stores fell in line with what we wanted. Visit a half-good supermarket nowadays and you'll find a celebration of abundant, delicious, unique heirloom tomatoes offered in quantity to a discerning shoppers. Even at his sickest, and until he got too old and out of breath to walk, my father grew tomatoes every summer. New York City life isn't conducive to gardening, but my year of mindful eating, my fresh focus on food and health, soon sent me into the garden. Last year, I started a compost heap with leftovers from my green juice, and this year, the smell of tomatoes will come from my own, albeit grown in pots. Perhaps one day, I'll get to make my mother's ketchup recipe. But that's a story for another time. Thank you for listening. Check me out on the SoundCloud at Year of Mindful Eating for more episodes. Please follow and like my blog at The Mindful Mouth on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Jan Abbott. Share it and join me for another serving of A Year of Mindful Eating in Two Weeks. A Year of Mindful Eating, Stories from the Food I Eat was written and performed by me, Gillian Abbott. Music written and performed by Lauren Butcher, produced by Joanna Perpich and me, edited by Bronwyn Berry. Sound engineer is Daniel McKleinfeld. Executive producer is me. Copyright, 4th Genre Productions, 2016.